0: The game is
1: over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the Official Jets Podcast, a Jets 360 production.
2: Jets Nation. What's going on? Ethan Greenberg and Eric Allen here on the Official Jets Podcast bringing you the jets Bills Thursday Night Football Edition game preview.
3: You know what? i got to say something. Our producer, Jack Tooman, tremendous job on the Open. We haven't talked about that at all this year. You
2: mentioned it once. You mentioned it once
3: or twice. It gets me going. I like the Open. I
2: do like the Open. It's great. I hope the fans are enjoying it as well. And
3: Jack Tooman, the voice of the Open as well. I don't know if he wanted the world to know that. I don't know. He probably doesn't mind. Yeah.
2: Uh, If he has a problem with it, he can cut it out. The the
3: official Jets podcast producer, Jack Tooman, doing a good job on the controls, especially this week. It's Thursday night football. We're going to have...
2: It's a quick turnaround for us, too.
3: uh, A quick turnaround. So we got some great guests. We got my my buddy Vic Carucci from the 716, Buffalo News, and uh, then later we're going to dive down to Kentucky and talk some offensive football with our quarterback, Chad Bennington.
2: You're absolutely right on that. And Jets-Bills, the second of two matchups, the Jets are entering the third quarter of the NFL season. It's official. We're past the midway point of the NFL season. It's flying by. The Jets so far, 3-5. and five. It could be a very different record, but that's what it is. In the two games where the Jets have played, both teams that represented each conference in the Super Bowl in twenty sixteen. They've lost by a touchdown and they lost by five points. So what has been what has encouraged you from these two games that show the fans, they show you, hey, this team, we're setting ourselves up right.
3: Well no moral victories. I think Josh McCown said it right in the post game news conference.
0: Frustrating. Uh, frustrating it was it was uh, you know, you go out there and, and battle battle the elements. Um, and uh, move the football well at times and get in the end zone and and uh, you know just figure out you know what the heck we're doing in the second half. It's not not allowing us to play the same way. Frustrating,
3: yes, but he wouldn't say he's dis- discouraged because the Jets are doing a lot of good things offensively. The last three weeks, I've started with a bang. John Morton's got these guys going down the field and scoring on opening possessions. Um, so and the Jets are taking leads. Defensively, they won in the turnover differential department, which I thought against Atlanta that would lead to a victory. But unfortunately, there were some times when the Jets did not capitalize with points. All in all, they're playing good football. You see balance offensively. Uh, McCown is third in the NFL in terms of completion percentage. Uh, the Jets are turning people over defensively. They've had problems with that in the past, and that hasn't been an issue this year. It's just finding that way to finish. I know people at home are like, "Oh, sick of hearing that," and the players are sick about it too because you know it's hard to pinpoint and say this area, this area is that. Jermaine Kearse has become a kind of a spokesman in that locker room, and he said
1: the margin of error is small because you know. We're not that far off. I mean, it's, it's just a few mistakes here, a few mistakes there. But when I mean the margin of error is still huge is because it's that hard to close that off. Um, uh, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to do things right longer than the other opponent. Um, though it might not be far off, but it, it's a tough thing to do consistently.
3: You know, you really want to get that taste out of your mouth. And when you're losing greens, I don't think it's a bad thing that you got a short week. And I don't think it's a bad thing that you have a short week and you got a home game.
2: And that's a fact. And you mentioned the color rush. Jets are back in green this year for the color rush. The Bills will be in white. If they have the white face
3: masks, EA, I'm going to be a little jealous. You're going to be mad?
2: A A little jealous because we saw the white face masks week four. They're fresh.
3: All right. I'm trying to start a petition with an organization that the uh, white face mask become the tradition, the, the traditional look. That's the deal. The Jets okay. white face mask. All
2: right, podcast tease alert! Before we dive in here with Vic, afterwards, be sure to stay tuned because EA and I are going to give our X factors for this Thursday's matchup.
3: All right, let's bring in my good buddy Vic Carucci from the Buffalo News. <laughs> I want to talk about free agency right off the bat because Kimberly Martin worked at Newsday. She (laughs) went to the Buffalo News and worked next to you as a colleague for, what, four or five weeks? And then I follow you on Twitter, Vic, at Vic Carucci, and I'm seeing you at a goodbye party. And now Kimberly Martin is to the Washington Post. Is that right?
1: Yeah, six weeks uh, was all we got to uh, have her on the staff. Uh, what a great addition uh, she she was in that short amount of time, and very sad and disappointed that she w- uh, didn 't stay with us. I understood though her her reasons she um, the, the Washington Post had been a dream opportunity that uh, she said you know she didn 't see coming along at this stage um, but it did and, uh, and and I get it she put a lot of thought into uh, you know before leaving uh, she said she spent a couple of weeks but I, hey, I said, even though you were here for five minutes, I still want to have a going away party for you, and we did.
3: <laughs> there you are, taking care of everybody there. Yeah, uh, Kimberly's missed up here, and I know she's going to do a great job at the Washington Post, and you guys continue to crush it there at the Buffalo News. So, Vic, are the Buffalo Bills a playoff contender?
1: I think they are, uh, Eric. I mean, I think Thursday night could provide even more of a solidification of that feeling because I think if if they were to come out of that game with a win uh, and and sweep that divisional series and have another conference and division victory, uh, they find themselves in a position where you'd really, really have to have some very bad things happen to you to fall out of it. But we all know anything can happen in the NFL. But my feeling at five and two... And the way they're winning games with a defense that has really done an unbelievable job of taking the ball away. They've got a, a 17 takeaways, which is just remarkable the way they've been doing that against opponents. and, uh, and, and no I don't know, you know no other defense is, is doing it at the pace they are. So they have the longest active streak of at least three takeaways a game with four games in a row. Um, and, and I think that's the part, Eric, that tells me what they're doing is sustainable, even though they don't have, by any stretch, a, a dominating uh, offense or, or a quarterback who's playing at the, at the highest level of great production. Uh, Tyron Taylor got 160-some yards passing uh, against Oakland uh, Sunday, but that didn't matter.
2: Vic, I got a two-parter for you. We spoke to you before week one, and you said LaShawn McCoy was the key not only to the Bills' offense but the key to the season. What has LaShawn McCoy been doing in the first eight weeks, I'll say seven since the Jets saw Buffalo in week one, and two, what's changed for this Bills team since these two teams faced each other?
1: Yeah, well, I, I truly believed that was the case, and you saw what he did against the Jets, 110 rushing yards in that season opening victory that that i thought set the tone for what this offense is it's still a run-based offense uh but Lashawn mccoy uh you know the following week worst game of his career against carolina but it's been a running game that needed to sort of find itself again since that jets game and that happened week seven against tampa bay and he had uh, in the 90-yard in the uh, range, uh, but, but definitely was, you know, as a group, they were running the ball much better. And then 151 yards against Oakland, 48 coming on a breakaway touchdown run at the end of the game, they were getting those, those consistent plays in the running game. I think when you have a formula that is driven by defense and, and that this defense is playing as well as it is, and again, when I last spoke to you guys I had no idea that they would you know, be doing this takeaway thing to the degree that they're doing. I don't think anybody could predict that. But it's not happening by accident, guys. They are absolutely training to do this. It's emphasized in every meeting, every practice, and it shows up on the field. I think when you've got that going for you, the running game becomes very vital because they complement each other, as you know. Uh, and then your passing game, uh, should I mean I'm sure they'd love it to be explosive, but right now it's a it's a safe passing game.
3: Charles Clay, it's early in the week. Do you anticipate him trying to give it a go, or the Bills probably take a conservative approach with him?
1: I think um, you know they're going to do everything they can to see if he can be ready um, because of you know how vital this game is and. Uh, he was in uniform but not you know not practicing the other day but then you know I, there's no mistaking what he means to a passing game that otherwise lacks a lot when he's not in there
3: yeah you're right the jets are really excited about their rookie safeties and Jamal Adams and Marcus May both have played very well in the early going but uh the Bills have to be ecstatic about their safeties—a pair of veterans that they picked up in the off-season. What can you tell us about that pair?
1: Well, they—they've been tremendous. Micah Hyde, number one—he's been the the really the catalyst of the entire defense, and he's led—you know—he leads that whole defense, and and especially not just the secondary. I mean, he puts everybody in the right position. He's so smart. He's so such a leader. And uh, and so they they are they have really built the defense from the back forward. Uh, Jordan Poyer has been a a tremendous contributor, and they they missed him. I'm sure it didn't look like it in the game. Uh, They had good. I mean, Trey Elston stepped in and did well. He even got an interception. But Jordan Poyer is is you know a a tremendous safety, and I think a guy that uh, that that will continue to play well. Uh, once he's healthy, um, I don't know how long he's going to be out with this knee injury. Uh, it, it might be a push to see if he could be ready uh, uh, with a short turnaround after missing Sunday's game. And um, But but Tredavious White has been tremendous at cornerback, the rookie, uh, shadowing Amari Cooper as he did and, and really helping the effort to force the Raiders into a lot of checkdown. Derek Carr throwing a lot of checkdown passes because the coverage was so tight. Uh, they missed E.J. Gaines. Uh, he was out of this uh, Oakland game as well with a hamstring injury. Sharice Wright uh, struggled a little bit there, but they, they didn't get a lot. Uh, they really – the Raiders didn't get a lot uh, off of him. Uh, but all in all, Leonard Johnson, uh, another uh, nickel uh, nickel corner that they have, hard-hitting guy. Uh, all in all, th- this secondary uh, is, is really one of the – True strengths of the entire team.
3: Yeah, Green's. I just want to say Hyde's production is off the charts. Mm-hmm. Like Vic's talking about the intangibles. Yeah, I look at the five, inter- five it- interceptions, Vic. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And 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 Eric, they're not. You know, they're not just coming because. I mean, there's a certain amount of good fortune that comes. We know with turnovers, especially in the in the bunches that they've gotten them. But this, is, this, is a, this has a lot more to do about a guy who puts himself in the right position. And you remember him from Green Bay. Yep. Uh, you know, when the Bills signed him and Jordan Poirier, they signed him on the same day as free agents. And these were their two big signings. These, these were the statement signings. These were not big-name guys. Uh, they did get good contracts, certainly in free agency, to, 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 uh, as their second contracts in the NFL. But Hyde and Green Bay, was a versatile player, as you know. He's, done, he's played it all, corner and safety, and nickel and special teams. And, you know, he's, he's, he's been a Swiss Army knife. But for the Bills, he is truly uh, a safety. And, and they have, uh, as I say, they've, they've really uh, gained tremendous a tremendous boost defensively from him.
2: If you're the Jets, how do you go about attacking this Bills team?
1: I think it has a lot to do with, number one, not letting Tyrod Taylor uh, keep your defense off balance with both his legs and his passing arm, because he'll do that. And it's, it's about containing him, uh, which was something they were unable to really get a full handle on. Um, lesson from the first game is, you know, not letting that running game get the better of them. They've, you know, the running game's changed, a lot, changed up a lot of what they've done. They've, they bring in a lot of variation of blocking scheme. Uh, the Jets will see that on tape. It's going to look different as they studied the other games since that that first game against the Jets. Uh, and and again, I would put, I would I would try as much as possible to force Tyrod to, to win it. You know, win the game uh, with his with his arm. But uh, truth be told, this you're you're not. It, it, they're going to get you at some point. Even if, even if you get close to the to the goal line, uh, they're so opportunistic. Um, you know, you, you've got to just not turn it over. And, that's, and, again, ask the Atlanta Falcons, ask the Bengals, even though they won. Ask the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now ask the Raiders. You know, you're looking at, four, uh, what, 13 turnovers in, in four games.
3: Styles make fights, Vic. And um, that first game was a close contest all the way to that, uh, up into the fourth quarter, even though the, the Bills largely had the better of the play early in that ball game. But the jet, Jets, between week three and now, they have not faced a deficit at halftime. They've, in four of the six contests, they've actually went into the third quarter with a lead, and in the other two, they've been tied. So do you think we'll have another nail-biter here at MetLife Stadium on this short week, Thursday night, color Rush?
1: I would, I would have a hard time thinking that it wouldn't be Uh, a tight game because Thursday night football, you know, unfortunately brings out the worst. Uh, It can bring out the best. And obviously last week we saw, uh, you know, the Ravens score 40 points. So they're not going to tell you it brought out the worst in them, uh, even though they they had to finish it without their starting quarterback. So, you know, you can have one of those games where one team is just so, you know, whatever the word is, I'm going to, I'm not going to say thoroughly unprepared, but, but not prepared enough. And you're cramming things in so much. I'll say this for the Bills, and I think this is where they could have a distinct advantage over the Jets. The Jets roster is pretty young, right? Uh, they've definitely tried to build their team on youth and speed and athleticism, and, and they're going to continue. The Bills, on the other hand, have a lot of players who have been brought in from somewhere else, you know, that were brought in as. Uh, as street free agent signings, and they have built a lot of their roster, or or you know full-fledged uh, unrestricted free agents like I mentioned, uh, Micah Hyde and uh, and Jordan Poyer. But by and large, you know their defensive line. I mean they, you know they shipped off Marcel Darius to Jacksonville, and they've been pleased to go with a line that has a guy like Cedric Thornton uh, as part of a rotation with Jarrell Worthy. I mean these are these aren't household names, guys. You know that. And and they're they're using that rotation to the fullest, uh, and it, and it's a lot of other players who uh, Jordan Matthews at receiver, guys who just feel like they they are, um, you know, uh, players who have to just kind of prove themselves uh, because the teams that they previously played for didn't want them.
3: That's the legendary Vic Carucci covering the Bills up there in the 716, a New York Times best-selling author. You also can listen to him on Sirius XM NFL Radio. He's got a Saturday morning show with Jets Whispers. Of course, that's Danny Leverfeld. Vic, great catching up with you. I look forward to seeing you on Thursday. Looking forward to it, Eric, and take care of you guys. We'll see you.
2: EA, Vic is great as always. Tremendous insight, a tremendous pulse of the Buffalo Bills team, he thinks they're legit. The Jets want another shot at a team that, one, plays in the same division, and two, they could have won that game in Week 1.
3: Yeah, they certainly could have. Yeah, they were right there in the fourth quarter. So it was kind of familiar mm-hmm. uh, to Jets fans is that in that ball game late, weren't able to finish. Um, you're asking me about an X-Factor. I'm glad you remember.
2: Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I was going to bring it up, but not um, take
3: it. I'm going to say... How about Darren Lee? I think Ooh, nice. Why do I think he could be an nice X factor? Because McCoy is fantastic. Mm-hmm. He is a dynamic player. The Jets have to be sound against the run. And maybe at times he'll have to do a little shadowing of Tyrod Taylor mm-hmm. because you always gotta watch Tyrod when he breaks that pocket.
2: I was gonna say Jamal Adams slash whoever guards Shady McCoy out of the backfield. Okay because Shady leads the team in receptions, receiving yards, and obviously he's their top rusher. Whoever guards him has a tough task this weekend. And whether it's two players, one player, they switch. We've seen the Jets have three safety looks, four safety looks. So I'm very curious as to coach's game plan for LaShawn McCoy. But because you touched on Darren Lee and he's included in that category, I'm going to go something else. I'm going to go with the defensive line because Vic Carucci talked about this. I thought this was extremely interesting. You don't necessarily want to get sacks against Tyrod Taylor. You just want to contain him. Yep. And I think that if the Jets' defensive ends in particular can kind of force Tyrod to stay in the pocket, I think that's when Tyrod maybe gets a little shaken up mentally, and then maybe that's when he throws.
3: I don't a- know if we're going to get shaken up mentally, but what I do like where you're coming at this because – you got to get in his passing lanes. Yeah. He's not the tallest player, as we mm-hmm. know. Matty Ryan, big guy, six five or so. Tyrod Taylor is a little over six foot, but a guy who can come into play for the Jets this week. How about Coney Ealy? Coney Ealy. Coney he- Ealy getting in the passing lanes, and then the other side of the ball. And you could say this each and every week. I think it's two nine. I think it's Powell. I think this offense always looks different when he's going and he's got a little mm-hmm. bit of room because he brings juice. You know, and you can see it, and you can see his teammates feed off him. I think he's a spark player, and maybe the Jets can get him going here on Thursday Night Football.
2: Offensively, I'm going ASJ, and we talked about it, so I'm just going to put a little two pieces here, is that ASJ, maybe you work the inside to then eventually work the outside, and Vic's saying the Bills run a lot of zone. I think that you, you, you utilize your big tight end, and then maybe that'll open up some things on the
3: outside. You know who likes tight ends? Quarterbacks. Let's bring in our quarterback, Chad Pennington. Well, the Jets don't have much time to lick their wounds because they'll be on the field Thursday night against the Buffalo Bills. What do you see from Atlanta? What do you take out of that ball game? Because Todd Bowles afterwards, Chad, said, listen, we have to be the team that starts throwing the body blows instead of absorbing them.
0: Well, Eric, I certainly believe Coach Bowles has a good pulse of his team, and um, he understands why they're losing. And when you look at a 3-5 and five team, I don't think they're forcing the opponent to beat them. And that's unfortunate because there's some really good plays being made, both offensively and defensively, but those plays –
2: What do you think about Robbie Anderson? His performance kind of got overshadowed because of the loss, but yesterday he had his first career 100 yard receiving day.
0: Well, I think uh, his production has increased because his route running is getting better. A uh, couple times down the sideline, being able to work on Trufant, the cornerback from the Falcons, and work the technique and be able to work off of press coverage. I think most teams think even though Robbie is fast if they get up in his face and be physical because of his stature that they can uh, win that battle at the line of scrimmage but he's proving that he's quick uh, he's got enough physicality and if you miss on the jam he's going to make you pay and that's what he's been able to do. He's also been able to catch intermediate and short routes take shallow crosses, turn those five yard gains into double-digit games, and so he's certainly become a weapon for Josh McCown in the passing game.
3: What's John Morton doing at the beginning of the game so well? Because that's three consecutive weeks where the Jets have scored on their opening possession. Is he breaking tendencies? Because you see a lot of times, like on that Eric Tomlinson touchdown, wow, was he wide open, Chad. And then, conversely, What's happening later in the games to the offense? I know you talked about the negative plays they have to avoid when they're in scoring territory, but on a macro level, what do you think is happening offensively late?
0: Well, early in the game, uh, the Jets have come out extremely focused, extremely sharp, starting fast uh, with their mindset, and then Coach Morton has complemented that with every down is a different look. Uh, Every down has a different personnel. And, so, and they're just executing at a high level. As the game goes on, I think you're finding lulls where it's not about the play calling or personnel groups. It's just about the players not maintaining that sense of urgency. And, yes, the defense will win plays, but when the defense wins, wins plays, you want those plays that they win to still be one- and two-yard games. You don't want those plays to be uh, sacks for loss of ten yards. You don't want those plays to be because of penalties and things like that. So uh, that's what it is. I just think it's, it's a lull in focus and a lull in attention to detail and a lack of situational awareness to maintain positive momentum in your offensive game, even if you don't score points.
2: How different does this offense look from the last time the Jets played the Bills in week one? Because back then Jermaine Curse and Jeremy Curley were right. They basically set foot in the door earlier that week and then they fell 21 to 12 in that game and now the jets are starting fast and the offense looks completely different
0: even in these three losses i think you're seeing solid offensive production i think in that first game you didn't see solid offensive production you saw a lack of continuity you saw uh, a team that did not uh, had not established any rhythm uh, weren't they weren't for sure okay who are our playmakers and now i think Uh, both the staff and the players feel like that they have multiple playmakers that the staff is doing a good job of putting these guys in positions to make plays and they're calling on multiple people to make those plays so uh, you've seen a nice tempo a nice rhythm in their offensive game plan as well as their offensive production I think the key now is consistency Uh, in the NFL it's not about spurts and one game wonders and one drive wonders it's about consistent offensive play and production uh, that last throughout the game in four quarters, not just for a quarter here or there.
3: Defensively, are you encouraged by what you're seeing out of Muhammad Wilkerson, who seems to be coming on, especially the last two games, and also, how critical is it going to be for this team moving forward to have a healthy Morris Claiborne? He's getting some tests done. He went down with a leg injury against Atlanta. Hopefully he's back on the field Thursday, but you saw Atlanta attack the outside as soon as he went out. They go up top to Julio Jones with a 53-yard strike from Matt Ryan. And then Mohamed Sanu, who's one of the top slot players in the National Football League, um, he went to work on the Jets there, six receptions, 74 yards, as the Jets were juggling in the secondary late, Chad, because Claiborne was out and Buster Screen didn't play. So um, that meant more Justin Burris and Daryl Roberts on the outside, and Robert Nelson made his first appearance in the green and white.
0: Yeah, overall, I thought the play uh, certainly allowed uh, the Jets to win the game, but when you're dealing with injuries and now you're taking uh, your corners who are used to playing only in nickel situations or only maybe inside, and and now they're having to play on first and second down situations and take more reps, it puts more stress on your coverage. And then it puts more stress on the coaching staff because they may have to alter the game plan just a little and start to think about areas of the defense that may have a weakness throughout the game that you didn't plan on being a weakness or being an issue as you game plan through the week and so it's a juggling act and uh, to only give up 25 points to create four field goal opportunities that could easily been touchdown opportunities was a positive for the Jets it's just right now I don't Feel like, I feel like the issue is the team is not playing complimentary football. So uh, both sides are playing winning football uh, and, and playing really well in spurt. But to play complementary football is a completely different animal, uh, meaning that um, when the defense needs to step up and make a play, they've got to make it. When the offense has got when they've got to uh, step up and make a play, you have to make it. You have to be situationally aware. So it's, it's – uh, one of those things that you don't necessarily have to deal with a lot in college or high school but in the NFL uh, it makes a world of difference.
2: How do the Jets go about stopping LaShawn McCoy because last time these two teams played each other Shady had 110 yards on the ground and another 49 through the air he leads the Bills in rushing receiving yards and receptions so if you're coach Bowles how do you go about stopping McCoy?
0: Well, this is going to be a total team effort, and I think uh, historically over the last couple of years, uh, the Jets' defense has struggled with uh, McCoy in one-on-one situations, which most of the league does, by the way. But then they've also struggled with Tyrod Taylor being able to get out of the pocket and extend play. And that's basically going to be the game right there. Uh, Tyrod Taylor does an excellent job of protecting the football, not putting his team in bad situations, and uh, being able to play to his defense when he has to. And so that's the game plan. The game plan is to make sure that you've got this guy corralled. I would imagine you're going to see a little bit more zone. You may see more spy techniques uh, on McCoy in the passing game, which then affects your pass rush. But at the same time, your pass rush is not to sack the quarterback here. It's to contain the quarterback in the pocket, force Taylor to be a pocket passer, Uh, knowing his lack of height and that he feels more comfortable being outside. And so I would imagine more bracket coverages, zone coverages, picks up the man, take your shots when you need to as a defense. But uh, certainly first and second down production is key in making sure that uh, those two guys don't make big plays on first and second down.
3: How much stress does this Buffalo Bills team put on other clubs, meaning you always love to say that Hey, in the NFL, teams don't win games. They let other teams lose games. And when you look at the Bills right now, plus 14 in the turnover department, also defensively not giving up a lot of points. They're playing zone. Derek Carr was frustrated Oakland Raiders quarterback because they couldn't get anything over their heads They're keeping everything in front. They're tackling well, and they're not turning the ball over offensively.
0: That that's the game plan, and, and basically, you know, that's if the Jets need to look at a team to mimic and try to figure out how to do it, that would be the team. It would be the Buffalo Bills um, because that's what they're doing. They're not turning the ball over. Their turnover ratio is, is unbelievable, and plus fourteen. Their defense is maybe bending at times, but certainly not breaking. And what they're challenging the opponent to do is beat us. If you're good enough to beat us, then beat us. And that's why they're sitting at 5-2, and two, because they have not lost games. They have uh, The opponent has lost games to the Bills, and that's why they're sitting at 5-2 and two, right beneath the Patriots, which is a great spot to be in. So uh, when I look at this game, I see this game as another game that you'll see the Jets be in, and it's going to come down to the fourth quarter um, and making sure that they're doing things necessary to make winning plays. And sometimes those winning plays, opening plays. They're a throwaway to avoid a sack. Um, there are you know, making sure that you're containing a quarterback in the pocket where he doesn't extend the play and turn a five-yard gain into 20-yard gain or a 30-yard gain down the field with his arm. Uh, it's plays that uh, may not show up in the stat book per se, but it shows up in the win column.
3: The quick turnaround for this team, now on a three-game losing streak. Good thing, bad thing, and my other question here, Part B, is how difficult is it to sweep a team uh, in a year?
0: Well, losing's terrible, no matter how you look at it. Uh, you can always take positives from losing, but at the end of the day, you're still losing. And I think probably what's most frustrating for fans and players alike is that these games are winnable games. And these games are games you look back and go, wow, uh, we're in this. Wow, we're making good plays. Uh, we're doing good things. We're just not putting a full four quarters together, and we're causing ourselves to lose these ballgames. Teams, I don't feel like teams have beaten the Jets. I feel like the Jets have lost to these teams, and uh, sometimes that's demoralizing, but at the same time, you know that it can be fixed.
3: Well, Chad, you will actually be up here uh, this week, so we look forward to seeing you, and uh... Thursday night, the Color Rush uniforms, buddy. They didn't have those back when you played. It seems uh, not so long ago, but uh, we're on to a new era.
0: <laughs> new era, Color Rush. Looking forward to seeing Jet fans and uh, visiting in the stadium and hopefully see a Jet win.
2: Yeah, great stuff from Chad Pennington, as always. Football is almost every day
3: now <laughs> Every year, in the though. Week. Every year, the greens has been uh, for the last three Thursday but, yeah. night football, Jets, Bills. This uh, is the tradition, and two green now, right? Two green, yep. Two home. Two you, home. You, you like that color green? I think it looks better on television than it does in person. How about that? Fair.
2: All right, we'll leave it at that. But your thoughts? I'll agree with you. It's a it's a little too it's a little too vibrant for my taste, but uh, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it for one li- day.
3: Listen, when people have it on the street, though, I like it. Yeah. You know, okay, I, that's fair. I agree. You know, and I, I like the and uh, the
2: face mask. Are really shiny.
3: Yeah, and I, you know, listen, I, I love when the fans get an opportunity to take a look at a new uniform. We see that in college football all the time. Is yep all these teams changing up their uniforms every week. By the way, what were you doing, Ohio State? Great win, <laughs> but thumbs down on the uniforms. But uh, our uniform is one of the, and I don't say this because I've worked here for seventeen years.
2: I thought uh, you just said you weren't trying to date yourself. I'm not.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying I've been around for a little bit, so people will say allegiances, EA, you got to do allegiances yep. to the Jets. I will say the Jets' uniform is classic looking, authentic, traditional. I like that. All right. Before we put a bow on this Thursday's matchup, what is EA's
2: favorite jersey combination? Whether it's old, new, white and green, green and white, all white. I know the white face masks are, are going to be there if we're going traditional.
3: I feel like early in the season, a lot we wear the white jersey and the green pants, mm-hmm. and I like that. Okay. And I really, I'm a traditionalist, and I know you can't do this after Labor Day, but the white on white, I really like that look. I yeah, think it's it, clean. It's, it's
2: very clean. You know. Well, what about the the vintage jerseys?
3: Solid. Okay. Solid. You know, just you know, B plus. Solid. B plus. Yeah.
2: All right. This this Thursday's matchup, Vic thinks it's going to be a close fight. Chad thinks it's going to be a close fight. What does EA think?
3: Oh yeah, it definitely is. And uh, those Thursday night games, you see lopsided scores when the teams don't know each other. If it's a divisional contest, I think very rarely you're going to see uh, the game being one-sided one way or the uh, on one side or another. I think this is it's a fasten your seatbelts type of game. It's going to be a fourth quarter affair, and these teams know each other. They know each other's tendencies, and you know. You got to do what you do well, and we'll see what happens. So, You know, for the Jets, they got to take away those big guys that we continue to uh, talk about, uh, McCoy and Teller. But defensively, it seems like much like you're seeing from the Jets now, as the Jets are being are transforming before our eyes. Bills built themselves from the secondary, then. Towards the line and the Jets predominantly for years have been Mm -hmm. all the talk about the defensive line. You still have solid guys up there. But now you're seeing the Jamal Adams, the Marcus Mays, Morris Claiborne, knock on wood. He's back out there Mm -hmm. Thursday night. He's played really well for this team on the island. So the Jets secondary, which was a weakness in the past, is becoming a strength.
2: So we'll have to check on the health obviously of Morris Claiborne and Buster Screen who did not play against the Falcons with a concussion. Furthermore, what does a short week do to someone like Muhammad Wilkerson, who doesn't anticipate to miss any time, but his regiment so far in the past couple weeks has been not to practice and then play on game day. So we'll see how that plays out. But before we wrap things up here on the official Jets podcast game preview, outside of LaShawn McCoy, what's one thing the Jets need to do that will help their chances to win this game?
3: they score 24 points and don't turn it over, they win.
2: Simple. Simple
3: equation. If they score 24 and don't turn it over, they win. Those are two big ifs Mm -hmm. because this is a very good defense. It does not give up a lot of points, and they've been turning people over. But the Jets certainly can win this game, and it's – You know, it's going to be a nip and tuck affair.
2: That's all we got the official Jets podcast game preview. Jets bills this Thursday on NFL Network. But if you're local, don't worry. You get it on CBS 2 as well. For Eric Allen, I'm Ethan Greenberg.